evening, everyone. Welcome, our nerds. Good evening, everyone. Kia ora koutou. Tonight, I'd like to welcome you to Shea Nerd Degree, the finest pop-up restaurant slash live recorded comedy podcast in Central Christchurch, and I dare you to prove me wrong. I am tonight's executive chef, Erin Harrington, and tonight is all about stuff you stick in your mouth so long as that stuff is food and drink or food and drink adjacent. Oh. I have four nerds joining We're off to a really good start. I have four nerds joining me tonight uh, for our dorky degustation. And as they introduce themselves, I would like them to share with you all their favourite weird flavour combinations. So let's start over on my left. Hi, my name's Andrew, and my favourite, uh, I don't know if it's my favourite weird flavour combination, but like the thing that is intellectually the most interesting to me mm. is, uh, mm. uh, in the whole world, um, <laughs> is uh, cracked pepper on strawberries. Mm. Um, and, and I feel like half of you are going like, oh yeah, yeah, obviously. And the other half of you are going like, what the fuck? Um, uh, because uh, f- through some weird... Uh, flavor alchemy it like cancels out the tartness in the strawberry and brings out the kind of sweet fruity flavors and it's, it's very nice just don't put too much on or it'll just it'll taste like how it sounds <laughs> um, kia ora everyone my name is brendan and um you know i'm, I'm really fond of um marmalade and cheese sandwiches and uh there's not a scientific reason for that as far as i know <laughs> just tastes really good yeah. Do we do we have any marmalade and cheese fans? Jam and cheese. Jam and cheese. Jam, oh, jam and cheese. that's all right. Yeah. So that means you're taking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, I was gonna. I thought we were on the same page here, but clearly not. <laughs> we 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 might have to talk about this after the show. So together you are a team. What is your team name? Oh, we're gonna be Team Dine In. Oh, mm. good. Nice. Cozy. Welcome to Team Dine In. <laughs> Um, I'm Karen, and my favourite weird flavour combination is not weird at all. I am an extremely basic bitch, and it is pumpkin spice. I love nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, and ginger, and I'm not ashamed. Love it. I'm Dan Pengelly, and um, I'm also, uh, this is why we're a team, I'm also a basic bitch. Um, I just put tomato sauce on most things, Um, (laughs) especially if um, somebody hasn't been a very good cook, so like like dry roast meat, if like the gravy's bad, like I'm going to put tomato sauce on it, so that makes me, it makes it edible. Do do you have a preferred basic bitch tomato sauce? Uh, Oh, like Watties, absolutely. Yeah. Not or, Pam's? Or not, not Pam's, definitely not, but maybe show sauce. You know how like when you go to like A&P mm. show, they dip, they dip the hot dog yeah. in the sauce? That, that, that I really don't know. sweet. Yeah, I don't that, know what it is. I think I don't it's Heinz. It. Is it? No, yeah, no. It's, it's Heinz and half a gallon of water. That's yeah, true. <laughs> basic bitch. Well, it's basic actually um, like flavour, I was just looking at this before, flavour changes based on how noisy things are oh. around you. So that's so the noise the, of the show and the animals and yeah, stuff behind that's me. why right. people drink Bloody Marys on an aeroplane, right? right? Because the noise of the aeroplane, it, 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 you can taste sweet things less and umami things more. Oh. Well, in which case, airplane. the sounds of livestock in the background <laughs> and, and tomato sauce is my best <laughs> that's, that's the best one. <laughs> I've got some headphones for you. Uh, and so, so, firstly, we haven't even started, and I'm going to give you a point, Brendan. So, well, for, for interrupting me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> for interrupting you with, with, a, um, with a useful fact. Right, okay. Yeah, so, so interruptions, welcome. This Thank is you. a big, this is really good, Aaron, because I, as, <laughs> as you know, like, 
I don't like food. No, like, Brendan is a bad mm, choice for this I'm, episode. I'm one of those people who, like, if I could, like, replace my meals with, like, a, a pill, I would do that. So I've got to get Sorry, in the Sorry, Brendan, I just want right to get in here. You have, in fact, replaced your meals with I've mulch, tried to. I've tried to. Didn't you get, like, yeah. a protein yeah, shake soylent. or something? Um, <laughs> that, not, not, not that soil. Not, not the, the one that's people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. But the one that's livestock. Yeah, the one that the one that's it's like a it tastes like chalk. It's a kind of um, powder that you mix in together. A really slurry. selling it. Really selling it, Brendan. Yeah, a chalky slurry is a perfect description. <laughs> okay, good. So we have Team Dine-In, who already have a point. Uh, and basic bitches, what's your team name? We are Team Eat Out. Team Eat Out, everyone. Right, so our first round is called Nerdly News, and it is a whole bunch of news items from around about the last week or so. Uh, Our first question, and I might start over with you, Team Dine In. Why might your next Starbucks order be a little slippery? Starbucks order? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Slippery. Yeah. Slippery. Okay, ah, ah, we know that banana peels are slippery. That's right. And also, banana peels are often used as a kind of building material therefore mm-hmm. therefore the fi- yeah the fibers from a banana peel uh, they've made like coffee cups out of banana peel that's that's a good guess and it has nothing to do with what I've been asking uh, it's because the janitors are also unionizing <laughs> and no one is cleaning up the spills anymore I don't think the States is very good at union. No. So you don't but Starbucks is unionising. Starbucks is uh, well, as, as, a, as a union member, I'm very proud to hear that. Now, what I'm talking about is something from The Guardian this week, mm. which is that the US chain launched a range of coffees laced with olive oil oh. at its main store in central Milan on Wednesday. And it's called Oleato. And it's a play on, and you've got to say it like that as well, Oleato. <laughs> um, and it's a play on words between the Italian terms for um, olive and oiled. And the range includes an iced shake and espresso. Is this some keto bullshit? No, it's no, it's not keto bullshit. Well, I mean, it might be keto bullshit under under the guise of something else. I mean, you can get an olive oil latte steamed with oat milk. What it is is Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz, who's been the CEO basically the whole way through. He was recently on a trip to Sicily, where he adopted a daily ritual of taking a spoonful of extra virgin olive oil along with his morning coffee before deciding somehow to experiment by just mixing the two together. He's calling it a transformational moment. That's keto bullshit. Yeah. Um, Starbucks opened its first Italian store in 2018, and it was not immediately burned to the ground. So, <laughs> so that was that was a win for the company. Our next question over to you, uh, basic bitches. Eat out. Why might turn up surprise be back on the menu in the UK? Because uh, their economy's fucked. Well, you definitely get points for that. <laughs> Can you tell me more? Um, no, just that Brexit uh, is terrible, and uh, I'm guessing... That's that the only root vegetable they can have really yeah. access to. And may- maybe to do with weather patterns, and like yes, crops being like decimated by blight. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the few things that's been unaffected. Yeah, pretty much. So Turn Up Surprise, of course, is a gag from Black Adder. And mm. uh, again, uh, drawing from The Guardian this week, the UK has been facing food shortages, like you say, because of Brexit and because of terrible weather. So at the moment, weather, inclement weather in Southern Europe and North Africa has cleared supermarket shelves of tomatoes and other fresh produce. And this has led to supermarkets uh, rationing stock. And the UK Environment Secretary, Therese Coffey, caused um, an outcry after she suggested that people should cherish seasonal foods 
such as turnips. Turnips taste like dirt. Yeah, well, it's important, <laughs> she said, to make sure that we cher- cherish the specialisms that we have in this country. A lot of people would be eating turnips right now rather than thinking necessarily about aspects of lettuces and tomatoes and such like. Okay, this is Britain, right? So yeah. British, she's, she's like, let's advocate for the joys of British cuisine. That's, Turnips, that's acorns, sad sheep. Yeah. Turnips, acorns, sad sheep. And there was this massive online pile-on. Um, uh, a Labour MP tweeted, let them eat turnips. There was hashtag tomato shortages. Uh, there was one defender, one Twitter user, Sam Friedman, said turnips are an unfairly maligned vegetable. Some of them have even managed to get promoted to the cabinet. Um, <laughs> jokes on them, though, because yesterday Tesco and Waitrose ran out of turnips. <laughs> oh. Because they'd been like uh, advertised, so people probably like leaned yeah. in, yeah, and bought them. Yeah, I'm great, proud great British nationalism. Yeah, they just needed a theme song and absolutely like, and a sparkly font. Yeah, very good. Uh, dine in. Why might the sides you order with your next McBurger move beyond your expectations? M- did you say move beyond? Move beyond your expectations. Because they the side the 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 sides are now. Uh, still alive when you when you get them. <laughs> the, pota- so they, the potatoes. So they. Uh, so if you order a chicken nugget, it is just a whole chicken <laughs> that is still alive with kind of a chicken nugget coating on it, and it moves beyond your expectations. Yeah. The, the the extremely frightened meal, I think. Yeah. Erin, this uh, is very simple. Yeah. The sides are the sides. Uh, expanding beyond, beyond your expectations because, like the universe, each each uh, meal that you order is expanding constantly. Erin, mm. <laughs> is this something to do with Beyond Meat? It's something to do with Beyond Meat. Points over to the basic bitches who eat out. Is it possible that chicken nuggets are now going to be non-chicken nuggets? There are, in fact, uh, McPlant nuggets uh, being released as of two or three days ago in Germany's 1,450 McDonald's restaurants. To be fair, they don't actually taste like chicken to begin with. Well, so neither do chicken McNuggets. Exactly. So, yeah. so, yeah. so it, it all works out. A difference. You just put more tomato sauce. <laughs> Sweet and sour on those. Thank you, Erin. Yep, very good. So the, the, the nuggets are made from pea protein, corn and wheat and so on. And this is part of the two-year anniversary of the companies announcing their three-year deal for Beyond to become the preferred oh. patty supplier for McDonald's McPlant Burger. The two-year anniversary of a three-year deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit weird. Yeah. That's that's fine. You gotta. Is, is, is it or is it the or is it the like only one year left to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, it's been permanently added to menus in the UK, Ireland, Austria, Netherlands, now Germany. The United States did not like it. Disappointing sales. There was, there was a um, a big influx of interest over lockdown when people were kind of experimenting with food, mm. and then once they got the real deal, they kind of turned around too. Um, it also comes in a slightly different shape so that you don't get confused that they're not real. <laughs> I've, had, I've had all of the meat replacements at fast food. You know, yeah. like mm. uh, Burger King has has replacements for all of their mm-hmm. things. Um, Burger Fuel, they're, they're not bad. Mm. I, I don't remember what meat tastes like, but <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's quite, I think it's quite similar. <laughs> well, a, f- a follow-up question then is, in 2014, uh, McDonald's hired former Mythbusters host... Grant Imahara. Oh, R.I.P. Why? Why might that have been the case? Why? Why did McDonald's need a mythbuster to bust the myth that there's pig fat in their milkshakes? Pretty close. He, his um, speciality was like building robots and things. <laughs> um, so to prove that that humans can eat the food as well as robots. 
Um, was it to disprove that like the chicken nuggets are made from just the, the baby male chickens just being put into a blender? Pretty close, yeah. So they um, got him on board to do a promotional campaign called Our Food, Your Questions mm. to dispel some myths about ingredients including whether McDonald's burgers contain lips and eyeballs, whether chicken McNuggets <laughs> are made from protruding pink slime and whether the McRib is made from plastic yoga mats. <laughs> the answer... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, next so they hired him and then he was like, sorry that, guys. Turns, turns out it's all true. <laughs> um, who's, am I up to you now? I think like, so. Yes, right. You didn't award any points there, Erin. Oh, you, one there, really one there. really dicking our team. <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, our, our scorekeeper is sick tonight. So. Yeah. Mm. So I'm just going to half-ass. Food poisoning. Yeah. Uh, actually, I could keep score for you if you want. No, it's, no. it's all right. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. We're fine. Um, okay, so this question mm-hmm. is, why might a new pop-up restaurant and bar in Chicago have a fearless reputation if you're a lover of folklore and midnights? This feels like it should be up my alley. It totally is up your alley. But I haven't read that particular thing. Could you read that question again, please? I can. Why <laughs> might a new pop-up restaurant and bar in Chicago have a fearless reputation if you are a lover of folklore and midnights. The audience knows. <laughs> Does the audience want to earn a point? Is it like Seance and Burgers? Is it, is it Cinderella or is it like... Is it, you, you leave your... it is to do with Taylor Swift. Oh, oh, okay. It's completely up my alley. Yep. I know, very good. Midnight. So, Midnight. so there we go. There we go. Another point for that. What's the audience's team name? Interrupting assholes. <laughs> and one point to the interrupting assholes. Right. So these, these of course are. Interrupting assholes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Don't want to um, assume pronouns. No, no. There's there's a whole bunch of you. There's many assholes who have the capacity to interrupt. So we'll see how we go. So a few weeks ago, a new Taylor Swift themed pop up bar called Bad Blood launched <laughs> in time for Valentine's. Day, and it was aimed at those people who hate Valentine's Day. Uh, so as reported in Variety, it was the perfect choice for a concept geared the anti-Valentine's Day crowd because of her long history of breakup songs and personal boyfriend <laughs> drama splashed across the headlines. It will feature cocktail and food sourced from comments comments Swift has made over her career. So here is an image of some of the um, uh, drinks that you can get. And apparently there is uh, sausage, biscuits and gravy and fruity pebbles French toast because she is a lover of cereal. Fruity Pebbles French Toast. It's a crunchy series. Yeah, I know what the Fruity Pebbles... But French Toast. That might be my new favourite flavour. There is also a tarot card reader and um, karaoke. I said seance. That's close. Oh, Christ. Okay. Yes! I I can't pay attention to all of this at once. So so the more you can kind of persuade me, probably the better. Excellent. Um, And that's the end of that first round. And we have... Uh, interrupting assholes in the audience. One point. Well done. Uh, team dine in is on three, and basic bitches eat out on five. Oh, well yeah. Yeah. Now we all know that nerds love to do homework, so we have a homework round. Uh, the prompt for this homework round was actually just really open. What's for dinner? Uh, give me, <laughs> I hope they feed me something. None of them have brought any food whatsoever. I am so sorry. I know. It's on the bench. I'm supremely disappointed. I was going to bribe her with a cake. It was a really good cake. And, and it would have worked. describe it. Yeah. But yeah. in any case, uh, so what I've asked them to do is basically just write something. It could be a blog, a story, a poem, a rap, anything whatsoever. Um, how about we start with you, Brenda? Mm. Yes, give us your rap. <laughs> 
<laughs> Drop a beat, Karen. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> um, I have, in the past, uh, received criticism for my eating habits. It's, in fact, <laughs> happened already tonight. Um, so what I have tried to do is uh, I've done some research to try and expand the Overton window of what is acceptable to eat <laughs> by, um, by finding people who eat much worse things than me or in worse ways than me. Uh, so, first of all, Queen Elizabeth II, mm-hmm. R.I.P. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II ate bananas with a knife and fork. Oh. Mm. Is that to be like a, uh, you know, not, not to be yeah. too sexual while she eats Is it because she's a witch and witches ha- ha- can't even take their gloves off because you see their horrible claws? <laughs> so she would cut the top and the bottom of the banana off and then slice lengthwise along the skin and then she would slice the banana up into chunks and eat them with a fork. Okay, I call foul. She has someone to do that for her. This was was according to uh, her personal chef who wrote a a book about it. But she she didn't want to be, appear to be eating like a monkey is how she put it. Because Philip found that arousing. And she didn't want to risk that. (laughs) I mean, who would? Um, Charles Darwin, R.I.P. as well. (laughs) Poor one out. Oh, I can't believe he's gone. <laughs> it's too soon, Brendan. Charles Darwin, famous for, you know, obviously studying animals around the world. He would also eat the animals that he studied. So he ate a hawk, he ate a brown owl, he ate beetles, he ate an armadillo, he ate, ate a giant tortoise, he ate a puma. That's weird, right? <laughs> I mean, did Dr. Seuss write a book about it? <laughs> okay, magician Todd Robbins. Not R.I.P. Still yeah. alive. As far Des- as we know. Despite the fact that he has eaten over five thousand light bulbs, oh. which he which he crunches into like an apple. Oh. Michelle Lotito ate a Cessna one hundred and fifty light aircraft. <laughs> yes, I've heard of this. Over the course of two years, yeah. when people warned him that his uh, eating of objects would be the death of him, he ate an entire coffin. You've got to respect that. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, like blend it up. Like, blend it the Yeah, he would, up he, would, like he, would, he would eat it, like, bits at a time. So, yeah, yeah the, the, the Cessna, he would, like, blend up into a slurry. Like, sort of. Like, like, yeah. like, <laughs> like, like tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah, a bit of tomato sauce yeah. on there. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, William Buckland, who was a contemporary of Darwin's, so RIP as well. Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> set himself the task of eating everything. Um... <laughs> He once uh, visited a cathedral whose uh, claim to fame was that there were blood droplets allegedly from saints on the floor. Um, He went in, licked the blood, and uh, triumphantly declared that they were actually bat urine. (laughs) It's rare that someone says, aha, it's bat urine. (laughs) Five stars on TripAdvisor. Um, Someone once uh, displayed to him uh, their treasured possession, which was the shriveled, preserved heart of Louis XIV. And he ate it. He immediately grabbed it and ate the whole thing. Uh, But according to him, the worst thing he ever ate was a blue bottle, a.k.a. the Pacific Man of War, that jellyfish-like creature. Um, But I've saved the the most bizarre till the end. Uh, Sergio Pizzorno, the lead singer of the band Kasabian, he cannot eat food if there is a magician on television. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. Thank you, Brendan.
possibly some of the most educational homework we've ever had. Yeah. yeah. I thought one time I'd do something true. One time you'd do something true. Um, Pingeli. Yeah, well, what um, have you prepped? What's for dinner? Mine's not true at all. <laughs> no, it's great, though. No. It's not educational whatsoever. Um, I kind of have a fascination with Nigella Lawson. I just think she's terrific. So um, when you sent this task, I just got her voice in my head, and I wrote as if I was like a 50-year-old woman like Nigella Lawson. <laughs> uh, do the voice, do the voice. Okay, okay. Yep. Um, hello, cuisine connoisseurs. <laughs> It's me, Fenella Soggybottom. <laughs> What's for dinner tonight? Well, for me, there's nothing quite as quintessentially autumnal as a quick corn quiche with a side quinoa salad. I know after a long day of mergers and acquisitions, my husband, Monty Fitzherbert, goes, goes to town on my full-flavoured flavored quiche Lorraine. So after 35 years of marriage and three indiscretions with secretaries and one year-long affair with our daughter Jemima's tennis coach, I like to spice things up a bit in the kitchen for Monty. To make this deceptively simple delicacy, you need to start with quality farm-sourced produce, or better yet, source local and grow yourself. For me, I know I'm a superior human by having my swarthy, muscular Chilean gardener Gerardo sow his seed in my potager six months before Monty will even know corn's on the menu. Once the corn's matured, withered and dried out like the best years of my life married to a cheating bore of a man, it's time to strip the corn from the husk like a litigator forensically analysing your shared accounts in the lead-up to a divorce hearing. Your other main ingredient, of course, is eggs. Preferably free-range, organic, and permaculturally procured, you're going to crack them apart like your legal assets and children, and only have them twice a, uh, twice a month for the weekends while you don't even pay child support to their mother who does 95% of the fucking parenting. You want to line the bottom of a deep dish with, and... Uh, and deceptive dish of lies, gaslighting those around you thinking, into thinking you aren't a shell of a man with a below average sized penis. <laughs> Combine the ingredients with wild abandon, thinking you are smarter than those around you, and add a dash of undisclosed side income and years of underestimating your taxes. Leave the quiche and resentment and shame to simmer for five to seven years and treat yourself to a full property landscaping project with sun-kissed Harado having to drop by multiple times a week with his long, wavy hair, sweat-soaked torso-hugging shirt and tiny hot pants. Invite him inside for a quick bite of quiche and then have him ravish you on top of Monty's grandfather's lovingly restored mahogany desk for hours at a time. And that's how you make a fucking corn quiche, Monty Fitzherbert! <laughs> show in the making. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When I do these homework assignments, I think there's something wrong with something me. Something speaks through. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's like a seance. It's wonderful. I like it. Uh, this next round is a quotes round. So I'm going to read a quote uh, and you can ding in at any stage and you can tell me what you think it is about. What it is about. So you've right. or, or where it comes from or anything along those lines. So some identifying information. That would be, I mean, you could, you could just say some shit, but, but, but I prefer it was related to what I was thinking. Okay. Oh, bitch of a cake. Don't make it unless you're really desperate. She wanted a truck and I was given the task of doing it. It was almost a feat of engineering. She loved it and it was photographed and given a double page spread in the book. The weight of the top would just break all the cake. Don't go there. Glue the pages together. Forget it. 
like from Kate Boss's autobiography? No, but it's something far closer to home for almost all of us. Is it Alice? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you just stole her answer. Yeah. Well, I sorry. You were saying Alison Hulls. No. Like, like the, the Women's Weekly ca- like, Birthday oh, Case Grenade is Yeah! It is, in fact, about the tip truck cake. Whoa. So this was Pamela Clark, who was the head home economist at the Australian Women's <laughs> Weekly. Who was oh, speaking. And she was reviewing it. She, she cooked yeah. all the cakes. Yeah, so she was speaking on an Australian show called Throwback, which was all about you know pop culture, nostalgia, all that sort of stuff. And she was talking about the worst cake in the book, which was this tip truck cake. Bitch of a cake, don't make it. Look at um, that. It's a, it's a terrific a... interview if you go and find it. Uh, she also talked a little bit about some of the other traumatic cakes in the book. Uh, she talked, for instance, about the That's Dolly That's my favourite. That's oh, beautiful. Yeah, but she, she said you had to cut the plastic legs off just below the waist. <laughs> and I've seen too many little girls cry when the dolly's been fished out of the cake and she's legless. <laughs> Did you have? Did you have cakes? From I had the number school? eight one. I yeah. think my mum was capable of that. Yeah. <laughs> and doing that. Yes, we yeah. had the number cakes, but I did get that one for my tenth birthday. Oh, that was extremely special. Uh, the swimming pool one. Oh, yeah, good. Not yeah. not the racist cowboy. There were two cowboy and Indian ones actually. Oh. I think I may have had that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mum like really went to town on the the birthday cake uh, making, and um, uh, yeah, like we had one that was like a fucking nest of baby velociraptors <laughs> um, uh, and oh man I'm trying to you should give the team a point for that um, Aaron. absolutely there was one that was a swimming pool but it was like it as you went from one end of the cake to the other it transformed from a swimming pool into like a beach scene um, yeah real like it's cinematic shit. Yeah, wow. like really, really good. good. I, I good made myself the witch cake, the purple witch cake, oh, yeah. maybe about five years ago. But my mum's in the audience, and she made me the the duck one year, which was controversial at the time of publication because it had chips to make a little duck. Oh, is that thing. a cake ingredient? Um, well, no, the savoury and sweet, Ooh. just very yeah, big deal. But yeah, so bitch of a cake, don't make it. Uh, glue the pages <laughs> together, forget it. Pamela has told you so. Uh, next quote. This is a, um, a portion from a book. In the centre of the room, there was an actual mountain, a colossal jagged mountain as high as a five-storey building, and the whole thing was made of pale brown, creamy vanilla fudge. All the way up the sides of the mountain, hundreds of men were working away with picks and drills, hacking great hunks of fudge out by the mountainside, and the huge hunks... Is this perchance the follow-up to Charlie and the Chocolate? Factory, the glass elevator. No, but you get points. It is a um, an unpublished chapter oh. from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory about the vanilla fudge room. So this was published on the Guardian in 2014 with some brand new um, illustrations by Quentin Blake. So this was unpublished because it was deemed quote too wild, subversive, and inefficiently moral for the tender minds of British children. End quote. <laughs> did, did it call? Did it refer to a character as enormously fat? Uh, well, this, this is why I was thinking about this. So, <laughs> so if you are listening to this not around about the time of recording, Dahl has been in the, the news mm. again. Have you... Yes. They, they rewrote some, yeah, some section of his, yeah. his books. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the publisher and the family estate. So it's... it's <gasps> yeah. They betrayed Raul. Uh, he was an awful. He was horrible. That guy was... <laughs> that's a guy who's like late in life because, you know, goes like... Uh, you know, I didn't used to be an anti-Semite, but now I think 
I really am. Yeah. <laughs> he hated children. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, but I'm not here to defend him because I don't know much about him. But like, the, the, his, his, like if you're going to clean up his books, you, you, there's going to be no book left. Like, <laughs> like, witches, like you know, like taking their gloves off and becoming. Oh like, no, that was great though. Re- that's really that's proper horror. Yeah. But the mm. reason I was thinking about this is because this is an indication of that happening even before publication. Yes. Where things were deemed mm. to be um, offensive or, or whatever else, and so the chapter. Uh, reveals the larger cast of characters. There used to be eight of them. Um, they included Miranda Grope, uh, Augustus Pottle, who became Augustus Gloop, Timmy Troutbeck, and a rather bumptious little boy called Wilbur Rice. Wilbur uh, and part of the reason why this was cut is because they were naughty, they eat the fudge when they're told not to, mm. cautionary tales, and they get sent through into the pounding and cutting room. Ooh. Whoa! In there, there is rough fudge that gets tipped out of the wagons into the mouth of a huge machine. The machine then pounds it against the floor till it's nice and smooth and thin. After that, a whole lot of knives come down and go chop, 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 cutting up into neat little squares ready for the shops. And children as well, I would imagine. Oh, yes, no, this is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Children's. Do you think maybe there'll be an adult child in the chocolate factory? I'm sure there are a few Google animals. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie the Chocolate Factory. There's a, there's I thought there's a market for that. Yeah. I, I want to take issue with the idea that there's anything wrong with being enormously fat. It's the way that he's using it as an insult that is gross. Mm. He, he, he was, all the way through his books, he sees oh, anything yeah. involving what he deems to be bigness, longness, mm. fatness, as, um, as equating to moral uh, turpitude. That sort of thing too. Right. Next. Oh no. Yep, we're good. So the next, I'm going to read you a recipe and I'm interested if you can tell me about it, its context or the publication it comes from. The recipe is called Raw Meat Torn by Trumpet Blasts. (laughs) Cut a perfect cube of beef. Pass an electric current through it, then marinate it for 24 hours in a mixture of rum, cognac and white vermouth. Remove it from this mixture and serve it on a bed of red pepper, black pepper, no strawberries and snow. Each mouthful is to be chewed carefully for one minute, and each mouthful is divided by the next with vehement blasts on the trumpet blown by the eater himself. Is this some kind of surrealist art project? Very close. You can you can have a point for that. Any? Um, Is it from the book of How to Seduce Me? (laughs) (laughs) Did you write write the book? No, but I think this person knows me. Oh, you get a you get a point for seduction. Right. <laughs> Any other points? Uh, <laughs> was it some kind of like survival? <laughs> thing? If you're eating, you're eating ice with it. Like, is it like, or it's, or it's you know because like because you're blowing the trumpet to attract yeah exactly um, rescuer attention. Yeah. Um, this while is you giving you the strength you need. Is it a Lin Lai um, like creation up in like New Plymouth? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a moving thing that you interact with. That would be quite good. And then yeah. you can have a scratch film alongside it as well. No, I'm talking about uh, the Futurist Cookbook oh. by Italian oh, futurists yes. Filippo Tommaso Marinetti and Luigi Colomba Filia from 1932, which was drawing from their work uh, from their 1930 manifesto mm. of Futurist Cooking. Do you know anything about the Futurists? Uh, just very, very little. I mean, I know, I know. Point about. for very, very I little. I, <laughs> I, 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 studied, I studied them in art history some years ago and, and remember can nothing. remember that they existed. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I watched their TV show growing up and like watched the Jetsons like fly around. I know quite a lot about Afro-futurists. No, I like the Jetsons. I feel like that's futurist. 
It's not quite the same. Well, they, these guys, these guys were fascists. Were yeah. I feel Jetsons. like the Jetsons could have been fascists. They could have. I mean, I mean, like, the Jetsons never talk roles. about their political alignment. <laughs> yeah. exactly. like, they do have a robot that's a service. red flag. Yes, they do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so futurism is an avant-garde artistic and social movement, and it is later on kind of related alongside to things like surrealism, uh, founded by uh, Marinetti, whose Manifesto of Futurism was published in 1909, emphasising dynamism, speed, technology, youth, violence, the car, the aeroplane, industrial just city. Just throw violence So art, music, theatre, all sorts of other things. Um, really influential mm. in Western culture, but also very pro-war. They were quite keen on the fascists. Marinetti's Futurist Political Party was later absorbed into Benito Mussolini's National Fascist Party. Did, so the, these recipes, like that one mm-hmm. you read, did anyone ever make them? They, they weren't intended to be made, but did anyone ever? I don't know. Try. I feel like they always go so wrong. Like they do a whole lot of good things right, like a lot of those ingredients, and then they're like, and cook it by trumpet, and it's just like, you know, and then oppress a group of ethnic people. Like, I'm like why? Why do they, they, they do so many good things? They were so they wrong. the futurists were at war with a particularly iconic Italian food. Pasta? Yeah, they were at war with mm. pasta. Because nonnas make it. <laughs> well, not just that. It and was they were for youth, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. against yeah. old women. Anti-nonna. Yeah. So, so this is, uh, futurist cooking will be free of the old obsessions with volume and weight and will have as one of its principles the abolition of pasta. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they Why said, couldn't the actual fascists have had that as the cornerstone? <laughs> well, it kind of was. So, so they said it made people heavy, brutish, deludes them into thinking it is nutritious, make them sceptical, slow and pessimistic, oh. anti-virile and so on. But it might have had... Another inspiration. Why might the fascists have hated pasta? Farmers produce wheat. Yeah, pr- kind of, yeah. So, Benito I Mussolini... I said with more certainty, so you should give me a point. <laughs> Here we go, give it a point. Um, Benito Mussolini was trying to convince Italians to abandon pasta in favour of rice because he was against foreign wheat imports. Interesting. And instead, uh, rice okay, grew very well. Okay, but he was also super into ancient Rome and being like the new Rome mm. come again and they were all about the grain doll. They were like mm. 100% bread and circuses. That's what you got to have for the poor or they will revolt against bread you. Bread and circuses and meat cooked with trumpets. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But also like does at least still grow heaps of rice? Like if that grows really well there? Like I've never heard of Italian rice. You mean risotto? Oh, <laughs> there we go. One very one, shit, one, stodgy one version point for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like pasta, though. It's so stodgy. So in Genoa, there was an anti-pasta advocacy group formed under the acronym PIPA, or the International Association Against Pasta. Um, apparently, only a futurist meal can lift his, i.e. every man's spirits, um, because a heavy bloated stomach does not encourage physical enthusiasm for a woman. Nor favour the possibility of possessing her at any time. I, see, I, Look, I eat a lot of pasta, and I you don't been, like women. No, no. <laughs> the, the question here is virility and, and producing children. I've donated sperm, and uh, there's three children that I've fathered, and I eat heaps of pasta. So he's yeah, a fuck, he's a fuck what one. a crock of shit. He doesn't know anything. I don't need to like women to make children. Stop being so judgmental. <laughs> Take off a point for me. Absolutely. Being judgmental one. and heteronormative when I think about pasta. <laughs> Is all of this aggression towards Erin because of all the pasta you eat? Yes. Mm. It's related to my virility. Oh dear. Very... I'm just going to take some points off you now. I'm not feeling very comfortable about all of this. Um, okay, so our next one. Eyes widened as dish after dish was brought to the table. 
bilberry pie, jugs of Ninian cider, one enormous... This is 100% a Red Wall feast. It is a Red Wall feast. Oh. Audience, red... do you know Red Wall? Yes. Do you know the, oh my god, the feasts? Yeah, tell us about Red Wall and tell us about the feasts. Yeah, I feel like um, a good probably quarter of those books is <laughs> just <laughs> descriptions the, the of books food. are about like the, little, the, the, little mice yeah, and like, things that live in a yeah, little abbey. Yeah. Yeah. Wood, woodland critters, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tiny little woodland critters. I guess the bad they live in a, yeah, yeah, who, like either, either good critters or bad vermin. Yeah, and they, yeah. they live in this abbey and uh, they, there's lots and lots of these books. Um, and the, uh, the, so the good ones are like the mice yeah. and the... Bad, the bad ones the, the are stoats, 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 stoats and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the kind of... What is going on? What are <laughs> we talking about? It's a series of books by Bri- uh, Brian Jacques. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jax, yeah. Well, According to Wikipedia, when I double-checked it, should, actually, shouldn't well, spell his name so fucking fancy then. J-A-C-K-S, that's how it should be done. It just sounds like you guys are talking about some game you play to children with those little, like, collective... Sylvanians. But it's like sort of a fantasy adventure kind of series most mostly about about uh, eating other, food uh, eating well, food and defe- defending <laughs> defending the defending the abbey against other uh, uh, and then they would have a feast and animals. they would eat all the delicious yeah. sounds like such shit oh buddy minus I don't know what you're missing out on you need to write them in because I'm taking oh, yeah, my, my, my <laughs> I had years of childhood food. where I just like okay. subsisted on these so thoughts. the Red Bull series started in 1986 mm. kept going till uh, 2011 2012 when Brian Jakes passed away 22 books I just kept going and going and going OG cottage core mm. like very much kind of woodland so cozy the, the one yeah. time you do want mice in your food yeah I think and they were notorious for these big long just cascading descriptions of feasts <laughs> that would, they would have as food was rolled out and so the rest of this was bilberry pie jugs of cider an enormous basin of bulrush and shrimp soup wheels of roasted hazelnut cheese hot loaves of carrot and turnip bread palm slices with whipped cream um, continue for another 20 pounds so it's like minutes. Tolkien for children yeah yeah, mm. absolutely yeah for sure <laughs> where are they getting cream from I, there are questions. <laughs> milking a cow. It's a hazelnut <laughs> cheese. It's made out of hazelnuts. People do everything so well, and then they just do one weird thing that ruins everything. <laughs> I wanted to know how mice are catching fish and shrimp. <laughs> well, they also they also have like mice engaging in like hand to hand combat with, with ferrets and stoats, yeah. which in real life are many many That's times the size of a mouse. Yeah. So there's a cookbook. Um, called The Great Red Wolf Feast, uh, written by... Dad's a lot of dairy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Jakes. Um, what were they then, milking? And then each other, maybe. And if you really want to kind of have a throwback to this, you can go to Twitter, at Red Wolf Feasts, and there is a bot that gives you a little description oh, of a bit yes. of a feast every hour on the hour. I'm totally going to follow oh. that account. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, it was. I've, I've had quite a hard week and I just sat there looking it up and then half an hour later I was still just there scrolling. Mm. It's extremely soothing. Um, there is a Netflix adaptation in the works. Please tell me. Like a whole episode. Um, I, I very much hope that... The Red Wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but good. <laughs> I very much hope that it's more like beautiful Japanese animation style than mm. Alvin and the Chipmunks Uncanny yeah. Valley Nightmare mm. Fuel. That's the end of our quotes rounds. Where are we at? Well, I think I lost most of our points. You did. <laughs> you did. You did. 
but I also lost some points as being um, overly heteronormative as well. So currently in last place is me on negative one. Uh, next is um, the audience on two points. Next is basic bitches eat out on five points. And then team dine in on eight points. Oh. Okay, new strategy, we just have to keep setting Daniel off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Daniel, I need you to okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just do your breathing. Yeah. Just, just gonna try not to care about <laughs> terrible <laughs> children's books. <laughs> Things. Round three. This round is called Red Nerd Gives You Wings. Now, we don't have many of these on Nerd Degree, being an audio format, uh, but this is a taste test round. I think the last time we had a taste test round was maybe five years ago. We had a an episode on mock things, and I brought in some mock wartime foods. So I'd made mock oh. banana... Um, she made us eat parsnips. Mock banana sandwiches <laughs> that have been made with, like, uh, sweetened mashed parsnips. So I think, hopefully... Come in. Oh. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh. So maybe if we go one, two, three, four. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, give me that the, blue one, give me that blue one, yeah. <laughs> so, for those of you listening at home, our um, wonderful host, Michael, uh, with a, a tray and um, and a tea it's towel... Like, it's not transparent, but it's not opaque either. ...hanging over his arm, has come and brought in our nerds' uh, glasses. Oh, yes, oh, please. Yes. And we're going to have some spit mugs. And this is because uh, this taste test round is going to ask our nerds to be... Uh, energy drink sommeliers, as they give us the flavour profile of these yeah. drinks. Uh, they don't know what the drinks are. All they know is that um, I purchased them at my own expense from Wainoni Pack and Save, and <laughs> spent about ten minutes staring at them intently and scuttled away very embarrassed once I got to the checkouts. Um, so energy drinks, they contain large amounts of stimulant compounds, mostly caffeine, uh, as well as herbal extracts, vitamins, guarana, taurine, and a shit ton of sugar. They frequently have hypermasculine bombastic marketing. Some are categorized as supplements rather than food to get around <laughs> caffeine level uh, restrictions. And they are subject to wild urban legends. Have you heard any urban legends about energy drinks? Oh, the kid who drank too much and then hallucinated and yeah. jumped out of a tree. And, yeah. yeah. Those sorts of things. I, I remember drinking three Red Bulls and being convinced that I was this close to X-ray vision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Red Bull and vodka was supposed to kill you? Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Red, Red Bull and vodka, one won't kill you. Yeah. Um, oh. Kills your soul. Mm. Uh, so some of these urban legends have been uh, Monster, a brand of energy drink, being satanic. And that is because apparently the shunk, shunk, shunk of the um, logo is 666. When you look at Hebrew Rome? I don't know. That's what a website that looked like it had been designed in GeoCities yeah. uh, told me. Um, also, I heard, this, I heard an urban legend that Monster Energy Drink, which was released in 2002, was launched to help Americans fight the war on terror. Whoa. Well, I mean, the Germans launched Phantom, right? And, and that was that was because Coca-Cola wanted to make money in Nazi <laughs> Germany. <laughs> and, and for one real thing, I was reading uh, today a, uh, an academic journal that said that high consumption of energy drinks by soldiers in the US Army has been connected alongside some other things to increased levels of PTSD. Oh, God. Let's have some! Yay! <laughs> So I've prepared samples. Um, I would like you to describe, I'm going to go through you one by one. I'd like you to describe what they look like. I want you to have a taste. 
give me the flavour profile like a good sommelier and tell me what it is. Points for accuracy or creativity. So let's start with you, Karen, number one. Okay, uh, so I need to let you know that until recently I was a teacher and these things are devils. It's basically just feed a kid pure cocaine and let them loose. Uh, this Sounds one amazing. Is, yeah, no, <laughs> this one is vaguely whitish. Just what I like. <laughs> Just, it's so, it's so. It looks like glacier water and it gives you the shits, just so everybody knows. Okay, so. Do you, do you want to give it a sniff, maybe? It smells horrible. That is, like, it smells citrus and horrible. Citrus as and good horrible. as I can get there. There's definitely some kind of citric acid in this. Probably never saw an actual. So, so give us a taste and a swirl. You can swallow or spit, depending on how basic a bitch you are. <laughs> I always swallow, Aaron. <laughs> okay, maybe something vaguely orangey or pineapple-y. It's really, really sweet. Um, there's there's an aftertaste, and I can only describe that as apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. Uh, what you are drinking, in fact, is Rockstar Silver Ice. Uh, this has a smooth grapefruit flavour to provide a cool, sweet taste without the sugar. It sounds like a, it sounds like a brand of links. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I think we could probably have a round of is this an is this links or is this a <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Um, you get you get some points for citrus and horrible and also apocalyptic. So right, so Dan. Um, Number two. I've got like a, it's like a pink blush there. I'm getting like a, um, like a um, Chardon rosé. Like a take on, on rosé. Um, I feel like I'm getting flashbacks to like partying when I was 19 and like um, all like the girls in me as the gay guy like drinking the RTDs. Flashbacks, um, So I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be tones of regret. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm getting... Oh. I can smell a freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can smell like... Oh, like um, raro, I'm getting raro. <laughs> like you know when you just, like lick it from your hand, like yeah. a little bit of grapefruit and something. Did you ever snort it? No, that was no, that wasn't allowed at my Catholic school. Um, <laughs> I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh shit, that tastes real good. <laughs> oh, that's lies. That's lies. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting flashes of grandma's raro in the yep. fridge. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, there's like, there's like, I'm getting like the. The aftertaste of like MSG in the back of my throat. You know, like, <laughs> when you drink, like, eat Chinese, and um, I'm not pouring it out. Oh. She wants some. Okay, I'll share a bit. But, like, you know how your throat dries out after you have, like, Chinese with lots of MSG in it? It is kind of good. Well, you are basic bitches. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's like, a, there's like a lack of depth afterwards. Like, you get like it just hit, disappears. You get a hit of sugar, and then there's just nothing there. So I feel like, um, oh, what is the. <laughs> Oh, it <laughs> uh, so even could be like a shitty, like an off-brand Bundenberg, like passion fruit and something. Mm. With off-brand. Yeah, 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 with some shitty um, extra. That's that's very comprehensive, Yelly. That's good. Thank um, you. Just going to keep drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is one of those flavours that is actually like a mystery flavour. Apparently the flavour profile is bright and sweet, but I'm going to read you all of the marketing copy from the back 
Oh, wow. It is Monstra. Oh, it's true. Rosé. It's Rosé. It's Rosé. It's got a little <laughs> acute on the A. It seems I didn't realise I like Monstra. Bring me the whole case. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it says, roses are red, grapefruit is pink, ultra rosa is not what you think. Forget about pink lemonade, blush wine, guavas and strawberries. This is a whole new experience crafted with a light and easy drinking flavour, which I think is... Grandma's Raro with no finish. Uh, it's crisp and complex with a floral finish, absent floral finish. Yeah. There's no better way to describe the taste than it tastes like Ultra Rosa. Zero sugar with a full load of our Monster Energy Blend. Unleash the Ultra Beast. Energy drink wow. contains carbonated water, acidity regulators, taurine, natural flavours. Is that what you get? Taurine? Yep. Do we get a point Ginseng, for that? root sure. extract, preservatives, sorbic acid, benzoic acid, caffeine, vitamins... Natural colour, vegetable juice. Quite a lot of numbers. You see vitamins. Vegetable oh, juice. Yeah, there's niacin. Lots of B vitamins. Vitamin B5, vitamin B6, and vitamin B12. Well. Oh, it's got guarana seed extract and inositol, which sounds evil. Sounds like something I can't put down my septic tank. It's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put it down you. Oh. You did really well. That was good. Thanks, Eric. And And I think you're now a fan. I think, I, think I've got a problem <laughs> now. Boss. So do I get any points back that I've lost earlier? No, I've, I've given you quite a few points, oh, mostly for Grandma's Raro and MSG thank and you. flashbacks, tones of regret. So <laughs> I'm going to email the, the helpline for <laughs> when I get home. With it's a toxicology one. <laughs> <laughs> right, so over to you, Brendan. Okay. Um, what have you got? All right. Imagine you've taken a, a trip to the country. Uh, you're out there in a beautiful verdant field looking up at the sky and you're, you're, you're painting the, you're painting this this beautiful scene that you're seeing uh, in front of you uh, this is the water that you've cleaned your brush in <laughs> <laughs> the smell is um, is if as if a, a blueberry had sex with the bubble gum that you used to get with trading cards. <laughs> Another the flavour. He's <laughs> <laughs> a spitter. A I, I, no caffeine after 2pm. Okay. Um, okay, wow, okay. There's, it's like... Um, it's like biting into... An electrified snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> That's been marinated. Erin, <laughs> <laughs> he's just milking this. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no, there's a little milk in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little, little bit of baby yeah. animal milk. <laughs> um, I can actually smell part of what the the taste is meant to be. Again, just from here, even though it looks like toilet duck. Um, and I feel like the colours the colour's dissipating yeah. since you poured it. It's just settling <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> so this is in fact Mother Epic Swell, a refreshing twisted apple blend oh, with apple. an epic oh. energy hit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you yeah, I can taste the I can taste the epic. You didn't say, you didn't say <laughs> apple at all. No, I didn't. No. Can you taste the twisted? Um I can no, oh, I was no, no, going to say I could taste the mother. <laughs> <laughs> right, Andrew, the last one is for you. Yeah, so um, this is a uh, almost, I guess it's technically translucent, but it, it, it might as well be opaque. Um, liquid that 
just feels like what you'd produce if you, cons- if you, yeah, if you just didn't piss for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm getting jealous because it looks like Rara. Yeah, it looks like Rara, and the interesting thing, like, it smells very strongly of like, um, you know, that that uh, juice that you, you you like, just juice or something, where it's mm. where it's like, it's not actual juice. It is like a concentrated, con- concentrated, and, and sort of yeah, but it's got that. Flavor, that feeling of like there's like some mango in there um, and it but it's like that synthetic approximation of it where it's just a little bit it is it is identifiable as that smell but it's just a bit crass it's like, like the uncanny valley mango yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's like mango or oh. and also that that artificial banana flavor that it doesn't actually really taste like banana but is identifiable as the banana flavor <laughs> talked about that on nerd to go yeah we have um so it's yeah it smells kind of like banana (laughs) banana fruit bursts (laughs) so it smells like candy and uh yeah do it it tastes much less strong than it smells like (laughs) it's disturbing it's like like a a fruity tea like it tea's always such a letdown yeah it smells so good tastes like shit if you mm, if you told me that this was just just juice, I would probably believe you. Um, is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm... Oh, oh, Aaron! Oh, no. Aaron, have you been playing us? No, it's not a fake out. I'm going to read you the copy. Okay. There's yeah. this theory that something as small and inconsequential as the flapping of a butterfly's wings can be the trigger that results in a hurricane. Who writes this? Monster Papillon, named for the humble butterfly, has a light, subtle flavour with hints of peach and nectarine. You could say it's delicate and not too overpowering, but get ready to experience your own butterfly effect. Hopefully not like the end of the film butterfly effect, which is very... Very unsettling. Director's cut ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't a papillon like one of those little fluffy dogs? No, no, no they're called that. Because, because, because they, they look like butterflies. Because they look like butterflies. Oh. oh. So not yeah, yeah, so this tastes like... like the papillon dog. It tastes like um, a... Yeah. And it has a full load of the legendary monster energy blend. So that's one of their ultra juice range. It just tastes like... Like, not good juice, but it just tastes like juice. I mean, that's what it's called. That's it's not what the product juice. is called. <laughs> juice monster. <laughs> is anybody else's mouth producing a whole lot Mine of saliva? Is, Mine yeah. is just sad. Like my a, mouth is very it does, sad. It does have an aftertaste that feels like my tongue, my ma- the inside of my mouth is being slowly coated in plastic. Yeah, I feel like I've just eaten a lot of salt. You know when you, when you do the thing where you get a devolt battery and you put your tongue on it <laughs> at once, and then 10 minutes later you're like, that's... Full of regret. Yeah, that's it. Full of regret. That's where we will leave that. Uh, so at the end of this round, Dine-In is on 12, and Basic Bitches Eat Out is on 12. Ooh. Oh, she. Way back. I know, I know. So this next round is a home description. I'm going to treat you to some of this. My monster rosette. The smell of this reminds me of the, the sherbet that you'd get at school fairs. Just like oh. citric acid and, and raro in a little sippy with a little straw. Oh, Christ. Drinkable, <laughs> <laughs> though, right? It, it's like, it's, it's, it's lolly, it's proper lolly. Yeah, though. absolutely. Drink, drink, it's drinkable for certain values of drinkable. Right. <laughs> so our next homework round. Uh, what's for dinner, Andrew? Um, yes, uh, that is a good question. 
and in a moment I will be able to tell you. <laughs> What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What is for dinner? No one else can make this choice for me. I live with flatmates in my flat in Woolston, but I might just as well live alone. I must feed myself. I must, I must, I must, I must, I must, I must. For otherwise, I will die. <laughs> and in the meantime, feel grumbly in my tumbly. <laughs> I do not lack for food, to which my pantry full of instant meals will happily attest. Though groceries are expensive, I am chronic in my hoarding habits in case of mandated isolation. And yet... Decisions vex me. Effort seems so hard when all I want to do is stay in my little cocoon of safety. I could put fillings in the rolls I bought from Countdown, toast them on the grill press if I'm feeling nasty. That would do the job, but bore me. Plus, I just did that for lunch. What's for dinner? I could cook. I could cook the Mexican food for which the ingredients have sat unmolested for probably far too long, slowly spoiling. Past the point of no return, I would have to look to find that out, and to do so would mean to be perceived by the flatmates I make such effort to avoid. <laughs> Half an hour or more where I could be engaged in conversation when all I want is peace and quiet, something tasty, filling, and above all, easy. What's for dinner? Am I even hungry? <laughs> it's 9 p.m. The restaurants are winding down. The shutters on the Uber Eats thumbnails slide closed. My cart, filled with goods in the all-important service of delivery, now tells me I can order tomorrow morning if I want. It would have been too expensive anyway. What's for dinner? Do I go out to the petrol station? <laughs> Five minutes down the road by foot and usually fairly stocked, but tonight, tonight could be the night when all the chicken tenders have been taken, when the only pies that yet remain are those filled with cheese, which I have never managed to enjoy and never could love, live up to butter chicken anyway. And how embarrassed would I be, frowning and sad, only sausage rolls to slake my hunger? Now it's five to midnight. My stomach's doomsday clock approaches Armageddon. I'm more upset by my inability to decide than any hunger gnawing at me. What's for dinner? I keep a jar of lollies by my bed. <laughs> From when I dated someone diabetic. Aww. Party mix, but all the good ones went some days ago. <laughs> Nothing great, but... No need to leave my room. <laughs> I am 35 years old. That is what's for dinner. Uh, Karen. Wow, I have to follow existential dreams. <laughs> um, I've written a romance. This is a, this is a love letter, if you like, to the great Kiwi romance of dinners. It had been a rough day on the farm for Agria, and she groaned as she washed the crusted dirt off her roughened flesh and flaky skin. She wanted nothing more than to curl up inside her bed and rest through the winter, safe and warm. Unfortunately, she promised her friend Nadine that she'd head down to their local eatery and check out the possibilities. Nadine was kind of picky, but Agria wasn't so worried about finding the perfect match. She pretty much went with everything. But as Nadine and Agria made their way into the kitchen, Agria had to admit, deep inside her soft, fluffy heart, that she had a craving for more. She wanted to be part of something delicious, something sustaining, something that judgy people who need to mind their own business might even think was wicked. And then she saw him. In fact, she couldn't take her eyes off him. 
He was wide and soft and she could just picture sinking into the pillowy mass. Hey, he said, I'm whitey and I'm yours, Agria told him. He pulled her against him and she snuggled close, but there was something that still wasn't quite right, something that left her feeling open, exposed. Do you mind if my mate joins us? He asked, and Agria's eyes widened in shock and joy. That was it, the pure decadence she'd been yearning for. Cover me, she moaned, and felt the press of another soft mass at her back. Are you sure? Whitey whispered. Oh, I'm sure, she said. I was born to be the filling in this hot chip sandwich. Very good. It's anyone's game at the moment. We're coming into our coming into our last round. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm just relieved that last story didn't get really racist. <laughs> this this round is called hot or bot. <coughs> Kick your kale to the curb, wipe down your butterboards, and tip your kombucha down the sink. It's a new year. It means we need a new round of food trends. So I have a list here of hot food trends for 2023, and I would like you to tell me whether they found that trend, whether I found that trend on a semi-reputable website, <laughs> or whether it was invented by AI tool ChatGPT. Oh Erin, did you ask ChatGPT? Oh yeah. 60% <laughs> of the time it took to put this show together was me asking GPT weird food shit. And in fact, and in fact, originally I was thinking, oh, what might ChatGPT make of like some you know new energy drink type oh. flavors? And it was you know all things like dragonfire spice. It could have ginger with a hit of orange. It was all very. That's really good. It, yeah, it was all right. And then I asked it to make disgusting flavors, and it said, I can't do yeah. that because I'm not going to do anything that puts anybody in danger. <laughs> However, here are, here they are. Just, <laughs> yeah. just make sure you don't try them. And at the end, there was another warning, and it was all like... like leech smoothie. It was all like, snot explosion. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... This is That's why I remain on the cutting room. But yeah, quite a lot of time on ChatGPT. All right, so I'm going to go team by team. Um, dine in, potato milk. Hot or bot? Wait, just so just potato milk. Yep. Just as a, are we talking as a thing to just like drink as a drink or like as an ingredient in things, as a, as a milk substitute? You tell me. We we tell you. Potato um, milk. I that sounds plausible to me. So so that's hot, not bot. Pickles <laughs> <laughs> shaking his head. That's, that's hot. That's hot. So right. much judgment. That is in fact hot. Oh, oh. the taste. Quite Don't judge me. Judge. Question everything. <laughs> Question everything. Water. Yeah, exactly. It's so, so the taste, quote, apparently inoffensive and nondescript enough to yeah, slip that's... into other foods undetected. <laughs> that's that's probably how I would have guessed oh. it would taste. Uh, eat out. Green banana pasta. I'm going to say bot. Yeah, I'll say bot as well. Bot. It sounds it, disgusting. It is, in fact, hot. Oh. It's oh. part of a wave of new gluten-free plant-based pastas. Oh, God, I hate gluten-free people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Not uh, the food, the people. Dine in. <laughs> the people. Yeah. They just ruin things. With their, with their yelling, illnesses. Yelling. I need you to do your breathing. I need you to do your breathing. I'm keeping the rage inside here. <laughs> Blame, blame immune system. Yes. Uh, chat GPT or real, hot or bot, 
Uh, meat fruit hybrids. <laughs> meat fruit, fruit hybrids. hybrids. That's that. So like you cut off, you yeah. cut off like a chicken wing, and then you yeah. you you graft it onto <laughs> yeah. like a like fruit tree. Slice. Yeah. So that it grows. So that it grows more meat. It, 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 the the flesh of the orange becomes mm. just just flesh. Just flesh. Um. Oh god, that's delicious! No. Oh, I'm so it's hungry. Like, it's like you, you feel, oh. you feel, you feel the peel, and it's and it's just it's, it's fruit now. It's fruit now, okay. yeah, It's it's good for you. Um, yeah, like what does that do? That changes. Like, what does being vegetarian even mean anymore? Oh, um, so it cannot possibly exist. <laughs> yeah, um, say bot. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Chat GPT but would like you amazing. to imagine fruits that taste like meat, such as bacon-flavored strawberries or steak-flavored sausages. I mean oranges. <laughs> steak, wait, steak-flavored? No, steak-flavored steak oranges. Steak-flavored Oran- oranges. And orange-flavored I've sausages. had grape-flavored apples, and that was a mind trip. Like, they soak them. This is a very American thing. They mm. soak them in vets of concentrated grape juice. And then when you eat the apple, it goes crunch, but it tastes like grapes. It's very weird. Do you want to try this? No, one? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eat out. How about um, mushroom cocktails? Okay, I think we said yes to. Oh, don't do a probability yeah, thing. No, no, I think okay. So mushroom flavored cocktails. So like, yeah, but I feel like you can do a lot of things. What does matter? You get like the new breed ones that like destroy plastic and stuff. So yeah. mushrooms are capable of anything. That's true. So they are capable of of being. And if you if you cook mushrooms in marmite, apparently it tastes like a steak, wow. like a portobello oh. mushroom. Cook it is it in pretty marmite, good. It's you know, pretty good. And you slice it oh. like steak. Oh. So I feel like mushrooms can do anything. Okay, so we're gonna say yes. Mushroom Manhattan. Yep. Yep. Right. Uh, so that's hot. It is in fact hot. Yeah. Um, according to the website Spoon University, which I'm sure is an accredited institution, <laughs> <laughs> adding rich, savoury cocktails, uh, flavours to cocktails, mushrooms are the plant-based superfood of 2023. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we'll like just espresso martini. Yeah. We'll just do a few more. Um, dine in. How about 3D printed food? Oh, that's real. They're doing it for astronauts. It's it's real. Mm. It might be real, but it's not on my list. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ChatGPT G- Chat has said food printers will eventually become more common, allowing people what? to design and print customised meals and snacks. It's a, like, I mean, things that it says aren't inherently false. I know they're often false, but they're not inherently that's false. Not, yeah, but it's not that's hot, not, Brendan. It's not the round, Brendan. It's hot or what? It's where Aaron found it. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the rules. Well, do you, okay, no, look, I'll give you a pity point. Astronauts, <laughs> astronauts eat 3D printed food. All right. Okay. Uh, eat out color-changing foods. Oh, that's so eighties. I love it. The eighties are back, right? Like, well, isn't like, isn't it sitting there? Like your mood ring of food. You eat <laughs> it, and it's like she's angry with me. Just <laughs> what the food or the person who you're eating? Oh with? no, no. So like, okay, so. I'm with somebody and they're like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm fine. But could you imagine that on a date though? You're yes. like having a date and like my steak starts going like red with rage because yeah. you've called me out on my behaviour. Yeah, I'm like, obviously. You can't have a successful date. You need to conceal things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think this is G- real. You think GPT? Or is it more like that you put the, the food on the table and then it turns black to like camouflage itself to try and survive? It's, it does sound no. like art of food. <laughs> I think it's not. Okay. Bot. 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 It is in fact bot. Hey, uh, nice. but also, does like, it, does most it, food changes colour yeah, when you cook it. 
and and it, even if you just leave it there, it'll change color eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's done the science. <laughs> that doesn't sound like attractive food that you want to eat, though. Uh, food that change you. color is there eaten such as a rainbow sushi roll that changes color with each bite. That sounds amazing. Sounds impossible. <laughs> I feel like my nieces would want that though. That's if I could true. take them to that, sushi like, train. Like unicorn sushi. Absolutely. That would yeah. Okay, one more, one more each. Can we have a sympathy point as well? You can lose a point <laughs> for if grabbing. You, oh, you have to ask for the sympathy Karen. point. Oh Karen, I'm so sorry. That's okay. We're so cute while we are seeing. I'm trying. Cuteness doesn't translate to an audio format. So what's happening? I'm just reading all these articles about 3D printed food. He's undermining you. He's yeah. undermining he's you and the show. He's not your authority, Why don't you Aaron? take some more swig of your rosé? <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole Wikipedia article about it. Um, do you want to keep playing the game? Or <laughs> no, I, I, I would, love, I would love to. Yeah. I'd okay. love to. Got... Let's get to the truth, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> One more each. Um... Smoke-flavoured desserts. Smoke-flavoured desserts. Ugh. Well, you know, I vaping is so popular. Now. Well, I, so, yeah. Like, not, I, so, I don't, know, I don't know about, like, whether <laughs> it's, like, AI or not. But, like, there's, to me, there is, like, potentially something in, like, because, you know, like, you, you have, like, toasted marshmallows and, like, there's the... the oh, the oh, it's like my house burned down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but there, there's something in, like, a little smoky tinge to, like, a sweet... Desserty thing that, yeah, I, I mean, that I'm like. I smoke meats, why not smoke desserts? Yeah. Because I'd melt. <laughs> <laughs> no desserts ever. How many? Melt. Wait. <laughs> You're de- okay, so dessert, there's a lot of things that can be. A lot of desserts Don't are actually melt. cooked. Don't. Daniel. <laughs> if, they get, if you get them hot enough, they'll all melt. <laughs> Bottle not. Um, I think we're due for a bot. That's just, that's I, just my I, game. That's I, not just my games. I, I, see, I reckon it's hot. Hot. Hot, hot, hot. It is a bot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Smoke-infused desserts such as smoked ice cream or smoked chocolate will become popular in 2023, adding a unique twist to classic flavours. Like Look, there's still, there's still like 10 months left. It could happen. I think we should do a pop-up restaurant. Um, smoke smoked desserts. I didn't one know. more, one more, one more, one more. Let's say... I feel like if you put, because can't you put eggs in a container with truffles to like get the smell of the truffles into the egg? Yeah. So you could do that with eggs and like get, mm. get well, the smoky. Well, people put bacon in mm. sweet things all the time and that's a yeah. Smoked, yeah. smoked meat. I yeah. feel like I could get the smell of the taste of smoke into a dessert. Mm. Shall I tell ChatGPT if well, did a good job? Things. I think you should. I t- challenge ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one, um, ice cream hot dogs. Now that oh. does sound like an American fear thing. Like, I mean, like ice cream that you stick in a... If you like, if you like, rolled the ice cream out, put a stick on it, and yeah. then battered it, and then battered it, you could deep fry that. Replace yeah. the bun with a banana, and you're in business. Yeah. Oh, does it mean a hot dog with like American hot ice dog? cream hot dog? Oh, I was thinking like a New Zealand hot dog. No, oh, no, I mean that could <laughs> Can be. Can we have clarification, please? Aaron? American hot dog in a bun. American hot dog in a bun. Ice cream hot dog. You know what? So, I so once bun. had an ice cream potato that was like at an American carnival that was vanilla ice cream with cocoa on it and then they did like a little squidge of cream to be the sour cream Where's so the I think it's not, there's no, no it looks like a well, potato there's <laughs> no you potato being around it's some potato milk it's, it's lovely <laughs> <laughs> hot or bot so like a bun with like scoops yeah of... I think it, I think it's hot yeah, yeah. Right. hot 
Oh. 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 So ChatGBT pitches, instead of a bun, imagine ice cream served in a hot dog shaped waffle cone <gasps> topped with whipped cream and candy condiments. I am imagining. That's not a hot dog. <laughs> That's a waffle. You can just... <laughs> it sounds good though. I know. Yeah. I would Take it up that. with our AI overlords. Like you have to fold your waffle in half anyway, so it's basically already... I don't think JetGP has ever had a waffle before. <laughs> well, it literally <laughs> has not, so... I don't think ChatGPT understands any of the words no, that no, well, that no. that's what that's what it wants you to think now that's that's the end of that round and i'm not going to tell you the scores Ooh. because they are very very close mm. uh, instead as we wrap up um i would like i just like uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug yes um so 26th of march uh, we have the next episode of Nerd Degree. I'm going to be hosting it, and it is themed around Dungeons and Dragons. So it's going to be about Dungeons and Dragons, but also about dungeons, and also about dragons. Oh, oh. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. I don't, I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're just happy you're here, Andrew. Yeah. Come to Scared Scribblers on Friday. What about, I don't know. what about the census? Plug the census. <laughs> yeah, census um, is good. Yeah. Fill in your census if you're listening to this on time. I'm working <laughs> on things that may be pluggable in the future. Let's okay, good. Well, we'll check back in. Karen. Um, I am a romance novelist, so if you like this little taste of hot potato erotica, um, then you should check out my newsletter at karenhealy.substack.com or pre-order my new book, Bespoke and Bespelled which is a magical romance between a Hollywood seamstress with uh, Stitch Witch powers and the hunky star of the film who cannot put a whole sentence together in her presence. Oh, I like the sound of that. Oh, I think I'm going to... So I think she plugged me. I'm I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, My my shout-out is is I'm a real estate agent, so if you're feeling like... uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you're feeling like you need to sell your house because you're going through divorce... Um, somebody is, died. Is that a change in circumstances? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, or your partner never washes the dishes. Yeah, then hit me up because uh, I will sell your house and I'll keep my rage inside while I do it. Yeah, where can people find you? Um, well, Erin, you can find me at Harcourt's Gold. Um, <laughs> uh, one of many Harcourts in yeah. <laughs> On Insta? No, I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> I'm on Facebook with the boomers. Yeah. Good, very good. So... It's been a hard fought. <laughs> uh, at the at the end, I've been trying to keep track. Uh, you made us drink cat peas. <laughs> I didn't make you. I put it in front of you, and you decided. <laughs> On thirteen points is eat out. I'm sorry for losing us so many okay. points. <laughs> and on fourteen points is dining. Win the evening, they don't. Uh, the evening goes to mushrooms because apparently they can do anything. <laughs> so you can find Nerd Degree here uh, the fourth Sunday of every month as we head towards our 100th episode. Oh, that will be in a few months' time. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and most but not all of your usual podcast outlets. So if you're listening to us, <laughs> definitely on Spotify. Definitely on Spotify. Otherwise, have a great evening. Thank you for coming along. Thank you to Little Andromeda. Thanks to James and Michael up the top. Thank you to you, the audience members, and good night.
I should stay away from that one. Yeah,